Hi, and welcome to North of 48. It's May 23rd, soon to be May 24th, 13 degrees Celsius over the weekend. It's a long weekend uh, for Queen Victoria's birthday in Canada. Managed to get the garden in. I've got uh, black carrots from Spain, atomic red, orange carrots. I got some ancient uh, corn. It's a double red, so I hope that grows good. Uh, you know, some beans, some onions, uh, tomatoes. Still have a few more things like lettuce to put in, but uh, all in all, a successful long weekend planting for me. I'm really, um, uh, in Canada, it's usually the long weekend, and then you still got to watch the forecast if you put your bedding plants out, but it seems safe enough. My friend in Belgium, I, I was looking at his, his garden um, uh, through his phone. He was showing me, and uh, I, I am so jealous. Uh, he's already got plums starting to sprout on his trees. His garlic and his onions are up. Oh, my God. Must be nice. But north of 48, that's what you get. Um, I've also put in some amaranth. Uh, which I want to try this year. It's an ancient seed that the Pueblo Indians used to grow and um, Mexican and South American. And um, it's got as many amino nutrients as quinoa. And um, it does good in drought uh, conditions. And it so the Alberta farmers got the seeds into the ground and they've just been praying for rain we haven't had that rain yet to get everything started so and as you know around the world everybody's either having a drought problem or they're having too much water uh problem in germany they had a tornado some people died there and i think the power went off in ontario in toronto and ottawa it's a big storm uh people been without power for three days uh, in some cases, in some parts of the the province there. And uh, so I just wanted to mention that. I also want to mention that, uh, according to Oxfam, 263 million people could sink into extreme poverty this year at a rate of 1 million every 33 years. On the other hand, 573 new billionaires have emerged during the pandemic, or one every 30 hours, Oxfam says. So as far as the garden goes and the prices in the grocery stores, even the quality of the vegetables, I think this year, especially my garden's really going to be uh, much needed and 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 very happy uh there's nothing like taking something out of the garden and cooking or having fresh that that day for supper the nutrients are good because you got three days um to get the utmost nutrients and in the supermarket uh the better half was was shopping and the vegetables and stuff they seem old uh, a friend of mine was saying about broccoli uh, from california how it tastes different so I suggest the water, they're in drought condition and they're having to dive really deep for water, but there's a whole bunch of heavy metal contaminants. Uh, the deeper you go, I think, in California in their water table and you feed that to the plants, it's going to affect what the plant tastes like and perhaps its nutrients. 
that is a shame. But like I said, welcome to North of 48. It's day 90 of the Russian invasion into Ukraine. And in Davos, Switzerland, all the economic leaders and some politicians are getting together to talk about it. And you and I shall talk a little bit about it right after the break. So, Gabriela Boucher, an Oxfam executive director, said in a statement, Billionaires are arriving in Davos, Switzerland, to celebrate an incredible surge in their fortunes. The pandemic and now the steep increases in food and energy prices have simply put Benamadanza for them. Meanwhile, decades of progress on extreme poverty are now in reverse, and millions of people are facing impossible rises in the cost of simply staying alive, she said. So we have a situation where inflation is becoming a major concern as energy and food prices have surged further since Russia invaded Ukraine. It raises the fears of hunger in countries dependent on wheat from that region. India has stopped the exporting of uh, wheat to other countries. Alberta and or Alberta, Canada and America are gearing up to to. Uh, do the best they can to uh, supply the the wheat that's needed. Russia is doing the best they can to block the seaports to for Ukrainian wheat to leave Ukraine. And there's calls from countries to uh, to get Russia to stop doing that. It was also they were talking about a four or five country alignment to go in and and break up the uh, Russian domination domination in the Black Sea. And Turkey could very well. Uh, do something like that. Um, Zelensky made a speech at Davos. They're doing the charm offensive. There's a big Ukrainian contingent uh, to rub rub shoulders and shake hands over um, over at this Davos Economic Forum. And um, so his speech came at the start of the four days of talks, and. Ukraine is um, trying to secure economic and military backing to ensure its survival. In his speech, uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine uh, told delegates that their summit will become pointless if Putin is allowed to win the war because he is not interested in our thoughts and brute force. He does not talk, it kills. If so... The powerful are not interested in our thoughts, and there is no further use for meeting in Davos as if they decide to do nothing, and brute force will rule the world. I've paraphrased uh, part of that. Um, one of the guys who've, uh, I'm surprised he's still, still kicking, is uh, Kissinger, Henry Kissinger. The infamous Henry Kissinger, who uh, sucked the Russians into going into Afghanistan, him and uh, Brzezinski, or at least they took uh, credit for it. He told the World Economic Forum that Ukraine must begin negotiations before it creates upheavals and tensions that will not be easily overcome. He explained that Russia was an essential part of Europe for over four centuries, 
and notes that European leaders must not lose sight of the long-term relationship or otherwise risk putting Russia into a permanent alliance with China. He, he also said he hopes the Ukrainians will match their, their heroism they have shown with wisdom. Kissinger said it would be fatal for the West to get swept up in the mood at the moment and forget Russia's position of power within Europe. He also said that the Ukraine should give Russia territory within the next two months and accept terms that fail to meet their current war aims. Ukraine's war aims right now are, are to get the Donbass region and to kick the Russians totally out. Their feeling is, if Russia has any land, they're just two, three years from now, they're just going to re redo the war again and attempt to take over Ukraine. And that's their foothold, so they're trying to get them out. As it is, they, they need more weapons still, and Russia's got a good uh, toehold in Crimea. There's Zelensky has said that the way out of this is negotiations. I agree. The war is something that, uh, you know, I you probably share my feeling. It's something that, that needn't have happened, but it has happened. Now what do you do? Do the Ukrainians, do they keep fighting to get the Russians out? Are they capable of it? Well, they've shown that they're pretty capable. I have to admit that. They've stood their ground and they're pushing the Russians back. The Russians are now fortifying their defensive positions. So, do we negotiate now? Do you keep pushing? What cost and how many lives are going to be lost on this? So, while I am not a pacifist, I, I am a realist. Um, Kissinger, though, I mean, like his advice, anything he does, I, I, I go the other way. Uh, don't do what Kissinger says. However... He's saying about 400 years of R Russian uh, control in Asia and in, in Europe. I don't think he realizes Putin made the mistake of putting Russia's reputation and their foothold in Europe at stake here by this invasion. For whatever reason, and whatever ills he has, if he has any, you can't trust media, but maybe, perhaps he is sick. Either way, Russia, I think, could clearly be seen as the aggressor into Ukraine. Now, I was listening to a program today, and the lady on it was talking about, well, yeah, I know the Azov Battalion, uh, yeah, there's Nazis there, so um, I guess on the bright side, there's less Nazis. Oh, what a tone-deaf comment. I just, I, I cringed. I mean, that's a lot of people to die to get rid of some members of the Azov Battalion. And um, Nazis or not. I, I'm not sure who the fascists here are. Is it, is it the Russian government coming in and, and killing all these people and trying to take territory? Or was it the Azov Battalion? Damn it, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it almost looks like, well, I'm not going to say two fascists squaring off over each other because I, I, no way do I think that Zelensky and his government are fascists. He has done a masterful job with 
PR, economic conditions, and just being a leader in general. I have, um, I, I know he has some offshore accounts. I'm not so sure that would be a bad thing being, uh, if you were uh, president or prime minister of the Ukraine, you would probably need to have a safety net to get the heck out of Dodge. At the same time, I don't think it's as bad as these Russian oligarchs or the American oligarchs with all their shell companies. And people bring that up. At the same time, you have to take into consideration, he did not leave the country. He might have the money to have. He did not. Many people did not. They stayed. They fought. They have a purpose. So kudos to them. On a, on a bright note, though, uh, Chief Executive Officer for Dollarama, Neil Rossi, um, has doubled his pay from 2019. He made $3.8 million in 2019, and the Dollarama bargain guy now makes $7.83 million. So we were, we were talking about inflation a podcast or two ago. We're talking about the homelessness on the streets. And these guys, the pandemic was unbelievably good for supermarkets, food stores, stores like Costco, Walmart. And a little guy got squeezed because he was told to shut down or have rules in place. And they have made a killing during the pandemic. COVID has been very, very good to them. $7.83 million. Double his salary for something he did not foresee, he did not do, he did not make with the sweat of his his brow, but lucked into it at the right time with a covid pandemic that's how you make money ladies and gentlemen that's how you make money are you looking for a for a home to buy in canada well so's a a lot of canadian armed forces personnel who move from city to city during the course of their career but an email has encouraged members of the canadian armed forces to consider contacting habitat for humanity if they can't afford housing. It's a growing challenge facing many military personnel and their families. It was sent by, the email was sent by a senior officer at Wing Comex to other members of the Royal Canadian Air Force Base on Northern Vancouver Island, which is home to the Military Search and Rescue School, as well as several squadrons of aircraft. And anybody who knows Vancouver It's pricey to live there. He says in the email, one potential housing option for folks is Habitat for Humanity, and he dated this email on May 5th. Should this be of interest to any of your personnel, please have them review the information located here, and he provided a link. Email has been confirmed as authentic by Department of National Defense. And... um, their spokeswoman, uh, Jessica Lamarand, said members were not being directed to Habitat for Humanity, but rather that it was being presented as an option to those having significant difficulty finding housing. 
So even our armed forces. Now, I live in Edmonton, and we had the Air Squadron here for a number of years, Lancaster Air Force Base, which is uh, now moved over to Cold Lake. Don't tell the Russians. But housing here, they were, the Army made housing. They built housing to house these families. And uh, a lot on American Army bases in the States, it's the same thing. They had shelter. And now... We've come to the point where we can't shelter our armed forces in regions that are high-priced and we need them there for training. But the email has highlighted growing complaints and concerns about skyrocketing home and rental prices. It's a failure of Ottawa to provide enough military housing. You know, um, I wonder if Putin sits around and starts thinking to himself. He goes, war is going well. Half of my generals are dead. So leadership is really becoming consolidated. Flagship of the Black Sea fleet is on its way to becoming a coral reef. Finland and Sweden are joining NATO. Once Sleepy Joe bribes Turkey. I have the Nordic states right where I want them. My friends. So he's, he's reignited separatist movies, movements across Russia. There's fires. Um, there's protests. Uh, even though they have harsh rules, there's something happening in Russia. At least that's the way the information's been leaked out. There was a railway sabotage in Russia. It just came out. You'll read it probably in the paper by tomorrow. Military offices and other buildings have been set on fire by people who don't want to be sent to the meat grinder and people who disapprove of the war. It appears hundreds of Russian soldiers have defected and now fight for Ukraine. That needs some more looking into. I would not be surprised. And groups of Belarusian railway partisans seem to be responsible for sabotaging railways in Russia. Either way, he remains master strategist. Is there, so my point, I think, I, I'm trying to make through, through the last couple of podcasts is this. I don't think we have time or money to engage in war, yet when you're caught up in it, you have to in order to survive. We have a whole bunch of outstanding problems in the world. So I wish my country and yours would also internally look at fixing the problems in the country, do something for the people, instead of lining their pockets with money from corporations. And that's primarily a dig at the Americans with that last comment. We need our people to step up. We need them to say not necessarily what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. Poverty in in Canada is starting to become outrageous. At least homelessness is the cost of living and and i'm 
we're, we all face it. Um, I didn't get double a salary like the Dollarama CEO did. You know, choosy when it comes to prices. You have to be. Everything Everything is just skyrocketing. Apparently, new cars, like if you can afford an 85000 or $95,000 truck, well, good on you, buddy. I'm not one of those guys who can do that. But you're a year away once you order it for a lot of vehicles now, and the price of used vehicles is is tremendously high now too as well. Um, and at the same time, the federal government is wondering why we don't all buy into electric cars when we're having enough time, heck of enough time paying for our mortgages and our rent. Well, drop me a line at waltlander42 at gmail.com. W-A-L-T-L-A-N-D-E-R 42 at gmail.com or leave a voicemail. It's in the show notes. I will talk to you real soon. Thanks for letting me vent. You know, that's um, that's basically what I do on these podcasts. I have a couple of guests lined up, and I hope you've enjoyed the ones that I have had, and I hope you enjoy my future guests. I just have to straighten out uh, the time to to do um, an interview. And I hope you, like I say, don't mind that I do some ranting and, and bring you up to some of the problems that I've been thinking about lately. And we're always striving for answers. Um, I'm not over the hill, but starting to get a good view. So what kind of world are we going to live our sons or daughters, our grandkids, and our great-grandkids? That's all I'm doing. Just bringing it up. You have yourselves a very good week. Take care. This has been North of 48. Bye. It's like a family